Okay, as in go. Sorry, one second. Fork Tales, a podcast that feeds the food and beverage world. Oh, awesome. Tales is brought to you by Vigor, a branding and marketing agency for passion-driven, innovative restaurant, beverage, and hospitality brands. Learn more at VigorBranding.com. If you love what we're serving up, please give Forktails a five-star review on your podcast service of choice. Think of it as a tip for good service. Hey everyone, today I have the honor of being joined by Mr. Bill Gardner. This is not our first chat. We've done this rodeo many times. He is the owner of Gardner Design out of Wichita, Kansas, and the founder of Logo Lounge. For those that don't know, Logo Lounge is a one of the biggest, if not the biggest, repository of logo designs in the world, That's I want to say. Great stuff. Bill, yeah. how are you? I'm good, and I'm glad to be out of the rodeo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now, I, I don't know if there's a uh, uh, sequencing as to when this comes out, but we're actually recording this like uh, two days before Thanksgiving. That's right. And, so we're, uh, we're really so, thin right now. We're thin yeah. and svelte. <laughs> and I'm going to keep that way, damn it. I'm just going to keep all the turkey away from me. And I'm just, well, actually, the turkey's not what you worry about, is it? Yeah. It's all the stuffing. It's the stuffing yeah. and the pies and the, yeah, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we are going to talk about food. We, we are, are going to talk about, about food. Huh? We are going to talk about food. It's going to be good. Um, and so the impetus behind this episode is over the last 18 months, there have been a lot of shifts in the visual identities mm. of some very well-known brands. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I don't know if this is in chronological order, but we mm-hmm. saw Pizza Hut shift their identity, McAllister's yep. and Moe's. I kind of put them together because they're part of the same group. Yep. Uh, yep. Burger King made a huge yeah. splash. And then most they're recently, Papa John's. Yeah. Yeah. What is yeah. it? I said they're bun guy. They're bun Yeah. Less less skewed and less I, uh, ellipsis. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we, so uh, you you and I had a uh, just a previous uh, email where we were kind of talking modestly about this, but there there seems to be a lot of retro going on, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, and I think that is the note. And so your thoughts so just yeah. so that if you were or the listeners and sure. viewers know go ahead, go pizza ahead. hut pizza hut and burger king i think specifically are the ones mm. that they threw it back so pizza hut yep. sort of has yep. um their old uh typography that we yep. we grew up with uh you yep. and i yeah um they also added in uh their little chandeliers that used to be yeah in, in their locations. Okay. So here's what you don't know that makes this quintessential this conversation. Pizza Hut started, the very first Pizza Hut was uh, less than half a mile away from here. It started in Wichita by a couple of nice. uh, actually fraternity brothers of mine, Frank and Dan Carney, much older than I am. Uh, but, wow. Um, so Pizza Hut is ingrained in this community. And as those uh, guys started it up, they started asking fraternity brothers, hey, would you like to open up a Pizza Hut? So a lot of the Pizza Hut franchisees around the world are, there's a lot of wealth in this community of Wichita based off of, you can yeah. oh, he's a Pizza Hut franchisee. Um, my, my wife's father was asked if he wanted to be one. He declined. So of course, his kids, yeah. his kids ride him just to no end about they've got a saddle on his back about dad, you remember when you were asked to be a Pizza Hut franchisee? You know, and he didn't. 
Yeah. yeah. May, may not go to dad for financial advice. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, but, uh, so this, I've, I've worked for pizza over the years. I've, you know, um, not, not in the store, but from a marketing perspective, yeah. uh, branding perspective. Uh, so I know more about pizza Hut than you want to even imagine. And I'm delighted that they went back. Yeah. Yeah. I am back. too. Yeah. There was a lot of character. And so I think digging into, um, I think more and more of a high level here, it's still unfortunately happening in architecture, but back in the seventies and eighties, and we can even say maybe the nineties, but definitely seventies and eighties, there was a lot of character in restaurant brands. I mean, Hutt's typography is beautiful. uh, That that original typography and that, that roof, the roof was iconic. And it seems like there was like this push to eliminate that Mm -hmm. um, in, in restaurants. Yeah, um, and if if you think about that, uh, you know it's it's the old thing of the logo isn't what people remember about a pizza; it's the red roof. Mm-hmm. The the you know uh, people forget that the McDonald's golden arches were the original arches on the building. I mean, the, these things draw out of this language, this vernacular of the architecture, so often in a restaurant, and that's you know uh, where the color comes from. That's where the you know the pattern, the textures, and everything kind of draw out of. Um, uh, associated with that uh, same little story, there was an architect in Wichita who was actually hired and designed the original red roof. And mm. as part of his deal, he said, why don't you just give me a couple of bucks every time you put up a pizza? I like that. That yeah. worked for him. Um, yeah. He, yeah. he retired and did very, very well. And uh, so that that pizza red roof became so iconic to the point that, you know, I mean, uh, when you first started looking at satellite photography of uh, communities, you could go, they're pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> I mean, you can identify them just because of the red roof. There were no other red roofs. Yeah. Um, and, and hanging on to that, I think it was, I'm guessing it was Landor uh, that probably uh, did that original uh, Pizza Hut with the wonderful type and the likes yeah. that they've gone back to or that they retrofit into it. But um, yeah, there's, and, uh, I, I, I think that um, there's just been this re-grasping of, um, from the 70s especially, uh, with Stranger Things, this typography that had this wonderful, fat, swervy, you know, kind of fatness to it that yeah. bold and spoke of food. And, uh, you know, pe- people love that. And, it, you know, if you didn't live through it, right. it's new to you, you know, kind sure. of. And, but, but you remember it in a retro way from what you've been told about it. So you remember the good, not the bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, um, I love that typography. It's, it's sort of like post Art Nouveau mixed mm. with chunkiness. And it's, it's just, it, it's, I, I rarely use this word when talking about design, but it's, God, it's sexy. And, yes. and we forgot that. It's almost as if Bauhaus did too good of a job. You know, in in neutering the the beauty and, uh, you know, Stefan Sagmeister. So the restaurateurs that are listening may not know these names, but Stefan Sagmeister is a a preeminent design thinker, leader. Sure. Um, Some people love him. Some people have their negative thoughts about him. But he wrote a book about beauty. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to either, either hear him speak yeah. about it, but he, he's so right. And, and I think one of the things that really struck me about his talk was he did a quick poll of the audience, uh, a question about which of these shapes are the prettiest and which are the ugliest. And so 
the prettiest shape stair was, of course, division and yada, yada. Was it a circle? Was it a triangle? But unanimously, everyone knew that the rectangle was the ugliest shape. And then he did That's colors. Funny. Yeah, it's hysterical. So then he did colors. And of course, some division around red being the most beautiful or blue or yellow. But unanimously, brown was the ugliest color. And then he starts to show pictures of architecture that are all brown rectangles. Isn't that he's funny? like, he's like yeah. why then? If we agree that brown rectangles are the ugliest thing in the world, then why are we building them? And, uh, and so it was a great springboard. And I think that happened in the architecture of restaurants, but then it also sort of, we brown rectangled logos and design elements for so long. Um, is that why it's refreshing to see Burger King and and Pizza Hut, uh, go back? Not because it's retro, but because it's beautiful again. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know that some of those restaurants entirely abandoned, uh, the idea of, keeping some color, you know, equity and the likes. I mean, that, that was still there. You know, I uh, kind of going back to uh, Stefan Sagmeister, who, by the way, is one of the most generous, just kindest individuals. If you ever have a chance to talk to him, he just really is uh, a gem of an individual. But I, I think that, you know, part of what he concluded there is that familiarity is what we consider ugly. Because if you think about it, you know, brown rectangles are what we are familiar with. Mm. And so um, I, I think that uh, that uh, novelty of nuance, you know, is what really, you know, uh, sparks our mind because suddenly it breaks out of the snow blindness that we're accustomed to. And, you know, especially with branding, how important is color when you start to think about branding? Um, you, you mentioned uh, Burger King and I um you know, I, I love, frankly, what they, and it took me a little while to kind of figure this out, but what they had done with their new color palette that they've uh, introduced and the likes. Um, I, I don't know how many of your uh, listeners, and this is odd because we're talking about logos that you and I both have committed to memory. And I, yeah, yeah. And I know that, you know, people are going to be looking these up to just kind of figure it out. But, you know, uh, Burger King, uh, obviously, with the uh, burger stacked on King between a couple of buns, the bun has got a little bit oranger mm-hmm. um and they they basically have gone back to a logo that they used to have except obviously there have been iterations of cleanup and the bun keeps getting a little bit taller so i'm i'm forecasting that if you come to me right now i can do their 2050 logo because the bun's <laughs> gonna be just enormous on the thing it just yeah. keeps getting bigger but the type will be the same in there but they picked up this color palette which is based off of the different elements that are inside the burger king uh, family so they've got brown and this the the bun has got a little bit more orangey uh red uh green for the lettuce white for the onion yellow for the mustard and if you see the shirt colors on you know the uh garments that they've made for the employees to wear they've got this really sweet kind of 70s uh retro looking uh polo that's got these colors worked into the collar Mm -hmm. basically the colors of ketchup cheese burger you know and and lettuce yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. and and it's just beautiful and the way that they work that into their materials um now i'm not speaking about how good the product is i'm just talking about from a design perspective yeah i love the fact that they've picked up that vernacular and are pushing that forward as a brand component yeah and it's interesting to think about um so my initial reaction was adoration for mm-hmm. Burger King specifically, mm-hmm. that that look, I was like, God, that is beautiful. But then, as I really process it more, so is it lazy? 
Like it just, uh, I mean, I know it was considered and I know there was a lot of work put into it. So I don't mean lazy in the, um, in the sense of the amount of thought and work, but it seems almost like a parlor trick, um, to leverage nostalgia. I've got, I've got some some serious thought on that. Um, and, uh, if only I remembered what it was, no, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) so, um, the, here's what we are noticing more and more uh, from a brand perspective from those visual entities is that, you know, the, the logo was King um, and the application, all the visual vocabulary that went with it was kind of like the court that went with the King. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you start you talk about visual. Yeah, exactly. When you <laughs> talk about a visual vocabulary, you're talking about, uh, the typography and the color and the pattern and the texture and the materials that are used with it. And all of these elements that kind of come together, the colors, uh, that come together to support that logo. And the logo was always at the top of the pyramid, if you will. I mean, that was the cap and it it still Mm -hmm. is to a degree, but I think that what we're finding is that smart branding is determining that really, uh, since from a visual perspective, those things that we remember first are color pattern, Mm -hmm. then we get down to the fine granular, you know, imagery, like you're going to find inside the logo. So the color and the pattern are becoming more important to brands. So you're finding the logo is laying back now and that we identify a brand based off of color and pattern. Um, so you're seeing some really wonderful renditions of what's being done. So when Burger King goes in and uh, introduces uh, this whole family of type and photography and color and all these elements in there, that really is what you're identifying Burger King by as opposed to the logo when you look at their advertising. It's same thing with Pizza Hut and what Pizza Hut's doing. And when they went to Simon Walker to re-come up with the uh, new Pizza Hut uh, font, if you will, that, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. plays off of the original or or even if you uh you know go back to any of these other restaurants you're going to find that more and more what they've really done even papa john's with their update have kind of really relied more on the vocabulary and less on the logo uh as far as the identity goes so i i think it's only smart from their perspective it's not being lazy because they're taking advantage of equity that they have had over a period of time. But there, there's other thoughts on why they've gone back to a retro look. Yeah. And of, and of course, we don't know the brief. We don't know. Exactly. That stuff. So let, let's, yeah. let's make that a, an asterisk footnote. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and, and really, that should be part of the conversation that I opened up with, because any time um, that, you know, designers engage in speculating about, uh, other work out there or taking pot shots or anything like that being snarky, you've got to keep in mind that we weren't there. We didn't yeah. take the ride with them. We don't know the design brief. We don't know how badly they were, you know, directed or how well they were directed or how much leverage they were given. So, you know, ev- everything that you hear from us today, take with a grain of salt because we're speculating. Yeah. And then we're, we're also, um, we have the benefit of looking back. Mm. Um, so it's easy to look at, uh, Burger King's previous logo, which was circular. Mm. Uh, it was, it was oh. on that sort of arched skew and then it yeah. was supported by that wonderful blue. Okay. So I, yeah. I, I, I love Debbie Millman. And, uh, when she was a Sterling brand and, uh, they, they did that, you know, that, that was the pony that she 
trot out every once in a while is, you know, well, did the Burger King brand? And I'm going, really, is that what you really want to show people? And say, that was what I did because I, you know, I, I never loved it. It was done yeah. in the very late nineties. It had, you know, uh, people were still trying to retire the swish, but it, you know, basically was give me a big old orange bone with a swish around it and some type in it. And I, you know, it never rung with me. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of wrong, this is one. Yeah. I think it's a, mm. Let's talk about Taco Bell. So ah, okay. um, now what I think what mm. we like about the Burger King, um, the current rendition of the Burger King identity is, like you said, that 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 reclamation and reinforcement of colors that directly tie to the food itself, which seems very logical. Um, but essentially, that's what Taco Bell started with. They had a very quintessential mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, color scheme of Mexico or, or at least Tex-Mex colors, and it did align with the, the food. And yeah. um, we'll, we'll make sure we have pictures of all this on, on the post, sure, uh, sure, just sure. so everyone can see it. But um, And then they ushered in this bright pink, purple, fluorescent yellow mm-hmm, Taco mm-hmm. Bellness, and now they've, they've almost gone too far, in my opinion, to where yeah. it's just a purple bell with a really... Um, it's a purple Sand bell that reminds you of a prophylactic that hasn't been fully unrolled. Yeah, yeah, it's very I'm like uh, I'm not. Yeah, you didn't do it, but no, and, and well, no. the typography well, has lost its character too. You know, um, uh, uh, and probably appropriately so. Uh, that's one that I'm very doubtful is going to go too far back retro because of cultural appropriation. I sure. think that there's probably. Uh, you know, any, anytime you're dealing with what we refer to as a Mexican restaurant, um, you just got to tread very lightly um, of course. around the edges on that. Uh, but I, I think that where they have gone with that um, is I, I have kind of a love hate for it um, mm-hmm. in, in one way. I think, you know, as as uh, identity designers, we're always told to, you know, take take that mark and keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until you pushed it too far. Yep. And then take a step back because, you know, that's that's about where people are going to recognize and identify it. And I kind of felt with that mark that they had pushed it, you know, one step too far and forgotten to come back. Yep. And uh, with it, um, you know, I, uh, you, you've got to know that it was a bell to see that it's a bell or read the name underneath it um, yep. in there. And. Uh, I, I can actually go back to when uh, that palette that they worked with was uh, uh, much more um, colorful and, uh, you know, represented what was thought of as, you know, uh, a Mexican uh, theme, if you will. But, man, yeah, I, I think they may have pushed it uh, too far. But then again, keep in mind that their audience is a very young audience. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it's different than other restaurants. So Yeah, and I, but I think, you know, just looking at it without <clears throat> the nuances, the the iteration after the purple, pink, yellow, mm-hmm. um, I don't think was necessarily a bad move forward. I think because it's it maintained, all now, right? It's all purple, yeah. yeah. And, and I think what's more notable to me is the typography has been completely mm-hmm. sanded down to mm-hmm. forgettable mm-hmm. and unownable. It's lost its beauty. Um, and that's disappointing. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame. Yeah. So an, another brand that's done that recently, which is part of our, our discussion is Papa John's. And so they yeah. just went through yeah. a rebrand. I think there's been a lot of improvements, but I think there's some notable, yeah. um, question marks. Uh, I think they've dropped 
some shape or you say pattern shape pattern um, mm-hmm. and color mm-hmm. elements that I think were could have and should have been reinforced for that brand equity. Namely, they they have shaved down the typography to a sans serif. They still have maintained the arches or, mm-hmm. or the the bending or or um, bulging of the typography. Okay, you're looking for a hump in your pizza. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but then they lost the um, they lost the green outline, mm-hmm. which. I think was only negative because it had that horrible ribbon at the top that said pizza. Um, but oh. the green outline was part, I think, of that identity, just observing from, yeah. of course, our very high horse of snootiness. Mm. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? What are your hot takes on the Papa John's rebrand? Well, they, uh, one thing that they did was they do keep the green as part of the brand language once you get into their uh, marketing materials. So mm-hmm. it, it, it still happens in there. Um they have been backpedaling so hard since um, uh, John Schneider, uh, the you know one of the, the John in Papa John, yeah. uh, made a couple of unfortunate kind of controversial comments back in 2018, and um, I you know I I kind of feel like they've been trying to build this distance between the old Papa Johns and the new Papa Johns. Obviously, he was a uh, iconic part and uh, frankly. Um, uh, cost them the most money in pulling down signs that had his picture on it uh, yeah. in there. Um, is it is it Shaq that's now associated yep. with, uh, yeah, you know. Well, he's also so, a big owner, so that wasn't yeah, a yeah, stretch. That, yeah, no, uh, but, but, but at the same time, uh, having him, you know, uh, become a spokesperson, you know, for the brand, ownership yeah. or not, um, uh, you know, kind of, sequence just the entirely different uh, direction on this. Just coming to the logo, interestingly, they had, uh, you know, uh, already dropped the slab serifs that used to be on Papa John's in the uh, typography and gone to a sans serif version, still with mm-hmm. inside the, you know, the the green placard with the pizza on, or pizza on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a super stretch when they dropped that. But the biggest thing to me is that they dropped the apostrophe, which is always a bitch. Uh, you know, that that, you know, <laughs> you, you know, is is Papa John's. Are we saying it's his or are we saying Papa John's has in many of these? And right. You know, there's there's fifty five hundred units around the world of these you know units. So we might just be talking in plurality here. Absolutely. But, you know, getting rid of always trying to shove that apostrophe into a name, you know, it's one of those foregone conclusions that eventually you're going to dump it, you know, that people are going to yeah. forgive you uh, on that. But yeah. Do you, yeah. John, do you think John is mad about yeah, the apostrophe? Do you think he's like pissed? He's like, yeah. they took the possessive My apostrophe. It was mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it ain't. It's no longer yours. Um, the, the interesting thing to me was that they also did a stacked version of the Papa John's logo. Yeah. So um, they've, they've got the entire hump on top of Papa and John's underneath. Uh, but it, you know, gives them the option of having, you know, either a horizontal or a squared solution, which is important to designers somewhat. But I, I think it was frankly kind of a stupid move doing the stacked version. I, you know, they're not using it much, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see how they're, I mean, how they have employed it when they announced the rebrand, um, and where they're showing it. And, and when I see, so I think when you see it on the box, I, I don't have much of a, 
you know, plus minus reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see it plopped on a poster, it's white and it's just hanging. It just feels like this floating thing. Do you mean the square it's, version or the the stacked, the, yeah. the stacked yeah. where it's pop on top, John's on the bottom. And you, yeah. I think I specifically see it in uh, some of the t- posters that exist inside the uh, prototype um, uh, interiors. And and that's that's where my head kind of tilted to the side with a little bit of a mm, that doesn't really do yeah. much for me like i'm, I'm not sure not that i'm the do that. target market but it's kind of like mcdonald's yeah especially not when you're yeah, inside the location do mick and donald's you yeah. know underneath it you know it's just kind of like no nah, it's papa john's you've already got rid of your uh, apostrophe you've already shortened yourself by at least five percent so be happy yeah um no yeah I, I think what they did is good, and and again, it comes back to the visual language that holds this thing together, the brand language, because if you get into that, that's where you start to see the green comes back into play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some strong typography, some strong photographic solutions that work in there. I think they've uh, interestingly taken you know all the colors and associated them with uh, parts of their products like tangy tomato red or you know uh, frosty white or you know just things that kind of yeah. come back to the ingredients on their pizzas so anyway well so let, let's talk about those ingredients so they yeah. also did something that um I, I definitely laughed at with uh uh subway and i did yeah. i did it in press because why hard punches <laughs> ah. but you know so they they labeled ingredients and I get the uh-huh. thinking, it's like, we're better ingredients, better pizzas. So let's label the ingredient on this poster, but it's mozzarella. Yeah. It's tomatoes. It's pepperoni. It's like, we, you don't even need to label them. I see them. That's pepperoni. We know what pepperoni looks like. It'd be different if it were like Calabrese pepperoni or buffalo mozzarella, like, or something that was actually notable, worth labeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to me, it seems silly. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, sub in case you didn't know, Subway did this too. They had all the bins of their produce, but whereas like a sweet green would be like, uh, butter lettuce and, um, you know, oh, I love Jerusalem oh, I artichokes. I may start eating lettuce if it's got butter in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, you kind of go back to what Domino's, uh, tried to do, um, you know, to some degree with improving their ingredients and when they went through their entire trials. But, um, I, I, I think that they came up with names that were a little bit more embellished and had a little bit more literary license to them. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, frankly, okay. It's a burger and it's mustard, it's tomato and it's pepperoni. And we, we know what the ingredients are. So, you know, yeah, I think it, they're pressing the idea that it's fresh and those, right. those visuals should probably, you know, for whatever kind of uh, price point, they ended up photographing the, uh, tomatoes and the basil and everything with, uh, they look fresh. Right. Yeah. And I think, well, I think the thing to me though, is, um, so the, the statement is better ingredients, better pizza. Their advertising now is all typography. They're not showing product mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll go to fisticuffs on this. You got to show the product. I don't care what mm-hmm. anyone says. And I love Charlie Hopper. He wrote a whole book called selling eating. It's a brilliant book, but you got to show the product. It, it, yeah. it works. And I don't care that a sizzling steak looks like a sizzling steak. It's Anyway, so they have all typography and they're they're really leaning into the simplicity of ingredients. It's six ingredients that make our pizza and that's great. However, if you're going to say better ingredients, 
Hmm. I still have questions. Namely, yeah. why is it better? How is it better? And yeah. and showing me a picture. And wasn't of, it wasn't it good enough last year when I bought pizza from you guys? Yeah. So. What what has shifted? You know, like you know uh, now with one hundred percent less racism. Um, yeah, you know, I, like. <laughs> And that, well, you know, uh, let's 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 be frank. I mean, they're they're just glad to not be talking about that right now. So yeah. uh, any anything that they talk about, as long as that's not the focal point of it, they're they're feeling good. Yeah, when you yeah. say something like better ingredients, it does uh, it raises a specter of so it wasn't very good before. Is that what you're saying? But now it's better. And it, you know, Domino's could get away with that because they did have a crap pizza and they did get it better. Uh, and they owned but, it. Uh, yeah. And they owned it, you know, but this is kind of like uh, kind of a halfway commitment to uh, the challenge. I, so I'm from Kansas and our um, uh, state song is Home on the Range. And mm-hmm. there's a line in it that I've always loved, uh, which is where the skies are not cloudy all day. And I'm going, is that the best you can say about Kansas? The skies aren't cloudy. I mean, most of the day it's cloudy, but, you know, but they aren't cloudy all day. You know, it's kind of like well, the ingredients are better. Well, yeah. Better than what? And yeah. does better mean they're great? Or does it just mean they're better? They got, you know, 10% better, but they were at 2%. So now they're 12%. You know? Right. Well, and it's a tough, it's a tough claim to make that and to make it believable. Um, mm. You know, I guess when you look at who the direct competitors are, the direct competitors are going to be Pizza Hut, Domino's, uh, Marco's is making a strong stand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but it's essentially the the pizza delivered as a full meal for multiple people. Um, so they're not necessarily up against blaze pizza or mod pizza just because yeah. they're selling yeah. pizza. Yeah. Um, however, when you look comparatively, sorry, dude. Uh, both of those brands, Blaze and Mod, have much better ingredients than yours, yeah. and and they can talk about them, and um, they have more variety, and it's interesting. So, I, I think the better ingredients, better pizza thing. I, I think they might be shedding it in in exchange for simple, and simple means better because we're not adding so much to this to where yeah. it becomes not cleaner eating. I don't know. It, it it's very perplexing to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think got, you know uh, when we talk about pizza, I'm 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 just realizing that you know, uh, and I'll 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 be frank because you know uh, pizza is from here in Wichita. Um, my wife still has her preferred pizza, which is from a, a local chain that is much better, and we pay more money for, and the likes. I'm still good with a nine dollar pizza from Pizza. I'm, I'm yeah. still good there. Uh, but but there's that world of difference. Everybody that we're talking about chain wise, none of them are reaching that high end market. You know, mm-hmm. people that want to go out for pizza aren't really showing up at Pizza Hut unless you've got a, a whole chain gang full of uh, little league teams behind you. You know, I mean, you're, right. you're you're going out to a nicer pizza restaurant or you're going out to a restaurant that happens to have pizza, but they've got a, you know, wood burning, you know, pizza oven or whatever. You're, right. You're going out for a better meal. Um, so all of these are saying we're making better pizza. Yeah. Okay. But we're, but we're still, you know, pricing it out at, you know, 15 bucks or under or 10 bucks or under or whatever. And yeah. uh, it's, it's a different world. Two yeah. Different I, places. I see. So 
you know, being honest about Papa John's, I think that they have the same issue as recent Taco Bell. I think they worked at just a little bit too much with the typography uh, for their core logo. Mm-hmm. I do see a world where they may step back just a little bit and put those Saris back on, which I think made it truly unique. I don't think the hump is unique enough, especially yeah. when you don't have the um, the emblem. But um, like you said, they, they've definitely had some pretty big fish to fry over the last year and a half with that fallout. Um, yeah. You know, so... I think the big question here is when when you're coming up to change something mm-hmm. with a brand of these sizes, mm-hmm. how do you start to make the choice to either evolve or rebrand? And so for those that are listening, I would consider, mm-hmm. um, by all means, disagree if you, if you want, um, I would consider Papa John's and Taco Bell, for instance, brand evolutions. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they didn't throw it all away and start over. Um, they went forward. Whereas Burger King, or, I see or, as, or D evolutions, by the way. So, so maybe Burger King's more of a D evolution where they went yeah. back and then iterated on something that maybe had sure. more equity how do you start to make the decision how do you start to you know, decide what's right uh dollars and franchisees um <laughs> you know i i'm and i'm yeah. being dead serious here yeah. um uh and this is the thing that people have to keep in mind is that all these you know brands that we're talking about right now uh many of them are franchised units uh you've got franchisees that have to foot the bill when you change the sign when you change the uh you know uh all the environmental graphics when you know things change dramatically somebody's got to pay for that mm-hmm. and uh and even if they are corporate owned uh this is a massive undertaking you know to do something like this it's not just a simple thing and uh what evolution does is it keeps you from veering so dramatically on a a brand that um uh if the attrition that typically happens in a uh, brand moving forward doesn't happen on day one people are forgiving because mm-hmm. you know both these brands are in play yeah i'm familiar with this brand and that you know so it, it's not this dramatic thing where you're going gosh the taco bell on that side of town still has the pink and gold and uh, purple in their logo and the one on that side is just white and purple you know right we're not as concerned about the one on that side still has the old logo and this one over here doesn't have a bell anymore because they decided to change it into a candle or something up, you know, right. Um, it's, you know, uh, so there, there, there's a lot of thought that has to go into what's the cost of this going to be. Um, how are not only, how does the public respond to this, but how does the ownership respond to this? Right. How much does it cost us to actually get into this? And that's why so many times, I mean, keep in mind that uh, most rebranding that happens, the public is very unaware of. Um, yeah, it's you know it it is subtle. Uh, we're going to shift the the obliqueness of an italic, or we're going to change a color, you know, very imperceptibly, or we're going to change the text font that we've been working in conjunction. So there are changes that are continually you know evolving mm-hmm. with brands. It's not always a matter of eh, let's pull off that logo and put this new logo on. So when you do go through that, if it is evolutionary. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not imperceptibly, but, you know, just slightly, it works better for the public and it works better for the ownership. 
Yeah. I mean, it, what's interesting, especially at, at brands that size, I mean, you could still find Taco Bells that have the original look. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, so these, yeah. these brands exist with a lot of confusion, at, you know, in certain instances. It's true. Yeah. Um, but notably, I would say one brand that has done just a fantastic job of evolving is the brand that you're holding in your hand right now. Starbucks. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and I mean, it is a Christmas brilliant. cup. Keep, keep that in mind. Yeah. Yes. Which is great because they do that every year. Um, yeah. Now, the I, really love, I love that news. The really sad news is that this was in fact, Starbucks, a, uh, Americano with some cinnamon on top at, uh, six o'clock this morning when I showed up at work, which is my typical yeah. hours. Um, but by eight o'clock I had brewed my own back there with local roasters, which is a client of ours. And I had poured it in. So I've, I've moved on, but the cup is still there. <laughs> hey, still if it was local roasters. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if uh, the, you know, if, if uh, the local roasters can release cups every year, I'm sure they wouldn't be local anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause that's a huge undertaking, especially in this day and age. But um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on brand evolutions and all that stuff, I actually unpack it a bit more in, in my book, shameless sure. plug um, the cool. bullhearted brand. Uh, and so it, it's an interesting, very surgical approach. And I think um, even though I, I did, have some criticisms today uh all the respect in the world to jones knowles richie who did the burger king rebrand yep. and the yep. agencies that you've mentioned as well it is mm -hmm. it is not as simple as making something in illustrator and i think a lot of designers creatives and even leaders think it is there is a lot of um uh you, you kind of alluded to it and said it like there's a lot of garnering support Mm -hmm. within the organization and within that next layer, which is the franchisee groups, you got to get people on board. You got to get people excited and otherwise it will fall flat. Um, yeah. And it, there's no amount of beautiful design in the world that's going to fix that. And I think that's why we also had to make that little asterisk footnote at, Hey, yeah. we don't know the, we don't know the brief. We don't know the challenge. Um, and so take, take that for what it's worth. And um, yeah. Any final thoughts, Bill? You know, um, I, I love to comment from Tom Geismer, um, uh, Chermoff Geismer, uh, made about uh, branding, which was that nothing dulls as quickly as the cutting edge. And, you know, when, when, when you tend to think about uh, those restaurants or those entities that uh, go out, you know, dramatically changing something uh, because it's what's in right now. Yeah. Um, it usually is the identity that wears out the quickest, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's going to be gone in a short period of time. And, you know, uh, the, the other thought is that in design, that, uh, d design hates a void. So, uh, when, when, when something gets abandoned broadly, somebody else is going to notice that that's been abandoned and they're going to fill that void. They're going to come mm -hmm. over design wise. So when everybody started shifting over to, uh, fonts that were, um, minus their serifs and, uh, kind of the blanding of America, the blanding of the world, um, people started saying, Hey, look at these serif fonts. These things are kind of sexy. These things are kind of fat and luscious and I, I don't want to work with those. So, you know, it's a pain yeah. it swings. It always works. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I think that is essentially the Burger King story, mm -hmm. put simply, right? In that, yeah. that logo from the 90s is very much a mark of the times. Mm -hmm. um, and it was cutting, cutting edge. And we could have, we could happened. have arguments back yeah. then. And now it's gone. And it yeah. probably should have been gone. So sorry, Debbie. I love Debbie as well. She's wonderful. Um, She's good. <laughs> yeah.
yeah, she probably won't listen to this anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bill, hey, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for your, your brain, your insights, <laughs> all the magic you bring to the world that is on purpose, because for those that don't know, Bill is also a magician. Um, not a joke. That's very true. And uh, I hope to see you in person soon. I've missed oh, being cool. around other designers. We're going to make sure that that happens. Um, I think how conference is coming up again in the spring. They keep putting that off. Yeah. We'll be there. Um, and in the meantime, have people check out Logo Lounge, uh, logolounge.com. We'd love to have you on there. It's probably the greatest resource for designers. Um, Not probably. It's doing any kind of branding. Okay. Let's it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll have links to all of that. And, um, you know, we've been longtime subscribers as well, and it's, it's an absolute brilliant resource. And I think, uh, on top of that, for folks that are not designers that are listening, uh, Bill and team from logo lounge put out a logo trends report every year. It's incredibly insightful. I imagine that it takes a ton of time to identify these trends. And I think it's just a valuable resource for business leaders to know like what is hot, because like you said, you can go with those trends or you might see a gap that's been left open for you to exploit. <clears throat> so yeah, you can go on to uh, Logo Lounge, and uh, we've got I think coming up on twenty years worth of trend reports on there. And it's brilliant. Uh, it's more important to know where you are, how you got somewhere, than it is to know where you are. And those trend reports can tell you how you got there. And uh, again, uh, thanks thanks for all of your efforts on this, and what a tremendous podcast you've got. All right, thanks so much, Bill. We'll talk real soon. If you love what we served up, please follow us at Vigor Branding on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Medium. Fork Tales is produced by the team at Vigor. Audio and video post productions provided by Zencaster. Music performed by Jet Trash and licensed through musicbed.com. Joseph handles his own hair, makeup, and stunts. Copyright 2003 to 2021, Vigor Graphic Design, LLC, all rights reserved.